0: Welcome to the Cocktail Lovers podcast. I'm Gary
1: and I'm Sandra
0: and together we are the Cocktail Lovers.
1: We're a married couple and we've been writing about cocktails for the past 12 years but this is the place where we're going to be talking about cocktails.
0: We're going to be talking about products,
1: we're going to be talking about books
0: and We're going to be talking about the bars that we love and we think that you will
1: love too. We'll also be checking in with some of the biggest names in the industry and asking them to share their top tips with us to help you up your mixing game at home. We like to think of ourselves as your new best friends, cocktail wise. So let's hear what's on the show this week. We're a husband and wife team called the Cocktail Lovers, so it would be positively remiss of us not to celebrate Valentine's Day with a cocktail or two. But this bonus episode isn't just about us. We've invited five drinks industry couples from around the world to tell us what they'll be making for each other and why. And for those looking for the best dishes to share with their amour, we've got some top tips for pairing cocktails and food from award-winning chef adam Handlin, what's not to love but first as we said we are the cocktail lovers so let's make ourselves a special valentine's day cocktail
0: okay valentine's day cocktails what do you normally think of
1: Well, I don't know what, let's just say what other people normally think of, and also all of the press releases we've been getting, they're very much about pink drinks, very or bubbly or fizzy, shall we say, but very much on that kind of vibe, along pink and sweet and bubbly. Yeah, I I would
0: agree with that 100%, in fact. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with any of those things. If that's the vibe you're into, great. But for me, what's important about a nice Valentine's Day evening at home for two is that you don't want to spend all your time in the kitchen, whether that's cooking or indeed making some nice drinks. Absolutely not. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to make a cocktail that I can make in advance and bottle. And I'm also going to make that cocktail one of our personal favourites, if not our absolute favourite. Which would be a martini. A dry martini, absolutely. And the thing is, once upon a time, I would imagine that a lot of people would think it was sacrilegious to bottle cocktails in, advent, in advance, especially a dry martini. Mm. But we've noticed over recent years, some of the really good bars are pre batching brilliant bottled cocktails and dry martinis. So that's a good thing. And also, we've come across some sort of nice recipes for doing this kind of thing at home. So, you know, let's not worry about, yeah, you're not going to have a little bit of theatre or stirring or whatever. This is all about making the evening nice and mellow and relaxed
1: and enjoying it together
0: well of course that's that's what it should absolutely be about so as I say there's a lot of we've come across a few good examples of this kind of style of batching but I'm going to rely in this instance on the advice of Max and Noel venning in their fantastic book, Batched and Bottled.
1: And I suppose before you go on, yeah. you should say that Max and Noel Orr are behind a wonderful bar called Three Sheets. Yeah. And all of their knowledge has been put into this. Book, which we highly recommend yeah and get. we will
0: be talking about this book a little bit more in a future episode of indeed the podcast the, the cocktail podca- lovers <laughs> <laughs> the cocktail lovers podcast. you haven't even
1: had the martini yet <laughs>
0: right. so we'll be talking about that in future so definitely listen out for that and this recipe could not be easier so here i go so what i've got in front of me i've, I've got a bottle of london dry gin a bottle of dry vermouth and a bottle of mineral water
2: Mm. and
0: i'm not using because i'm going big i'm going large i'm not using a jigger i've got a big old measuring jug so i've got my measuring jug i've got a lovely bottle like we we tend to if we come across nice bottles we keep them for for things like this i've got a nice wine bottle actually that we've sort of had sitting around so i've given that a good old clean Mm -hmm. so it's nice and fresh so I've got my wine cleaned out wine bottle no labels on it so it looks kind of nice I'm putting in a funnel big old funnel
1: (laughs) it's it's playing chemistry person right now oh this This is the
0: nearest I ever got to interest in chemistry (laughs) let me tell you that was my least favorite (laughs) subject of all subjects at school and I hated most subjects at school (laughs) so in my measuring jug I'm
1: going with 450 ML, Right, gin. so be aware, folks, this is not just to have all at once. This no, is no, 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 no. no. We're pre, well, I'm not doing anything, I'm just watching, yeah. which is fantastic. <laughs> but this is for something so we can pop it in the fridge or freezer and enjoy later at our but, leisure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we're not going to go all in. So I'm pouring that from my jug through my funnel into my nice clean water. bottle. What was, what was once a, a nice white wine bottle. So I've got my gin in now. I'm now going for my dry vermouth, of which I need 125 ml. So, yeah, 125.
1: And this is the chance to use your favourite gin. I wouldn't. I would say, sorry, even though I'm not making this, yeah. but it's it's a place where you should allow the gin to shine. So don't yeah. go for. A supermarket-owned label, unless no. it's a very no, good no, no. supermarket-owned yeah. label. This is something, and particularly because you are serving it on Valentine's Day. Yeah. This is a special occasion, and gin is the star of this particular. So go cocktail. with your favorite gin. or vodka. Yeah, you could use absolutely. Vodka.
0: And last of all, I am putting in 160 mil of water, and we're using mineral water Mm. because
1: so can you explain the purpose of the water well
0: i'm glad you asked me that because i was literally (laughs) literally just about to explain okay hang on let me just get it in my my bottle so that's all in there so the water this is replicating the all-important Dilution of of the ice. Okay, let's get up there. Yeah, so that is yeah that is representing the dilution, and and these smart guys have worked out that if you were stirring down a martini, Mm. this is the dilution you would get. So not a random amount of water. Mm. So
1: it's there for a reason. Yeah. And the, the amount is there for a reason. Yeah, so I've
0: got all my ingredients in there. It's a 750ml bottle, so it's almost full.
1: Do you I'm tip giving, it up and down? Yeah, yeah. just
0: giving it just a little gentle shake just to yeah. make sure the ingredients are mixed. Now I'm going to pop that shortly into the freezer. Marvellous. And at least for a couple of hours. If better still, why not do it the day before? So it's just sitting in there overnight, mm. nice and cold. And in the style of those lovely children's programmes we watched yesteryear <laughs> here's one i prepared earlier so this is one i've got out of the freezer and as you can see glass is all nice and frosted. yeah That's
1: the bottles chilled to perfection
0: chilled. so that looks lovely and then all i've got to do is crack that open i've got glasses which that we have always, been chilled they've been chilled they've been chilling alongside this bottle in the freezer mm. as well so everything's nice and cold let me just pour a couple out There we go. So this is so easy. It's making me so happy that it's so easy.
1: And it's so lovely to just have them there, isn't it? That you're not having to keep making... I'm not saying that we drink mucho martinis of an evening, ladies and gentlemen, Mm. but if you did want to have more than one martini you have them there at your disposal yeah
0: and and what's also nice about doing this well you could do this anyway but particularly in this instance you've got a sharing cocktail for valentine's so we tend to go for a twist so i've got a few twists that i've already made there so i can twist the squeeze those over spritz that up but also what's nice on the night why not also have some olives some cocktail onions and then Mm. you can you know, freeform it and play around and Why not put them all in, if you like? Whatever, whatever. Sure, your cocktail, <laughs> your <them> way. Put them all <laughs> So uh, I'm passing that over to you. Maybe not Thank all, you. maybe two of the three. Yes. Anyway, there you go. Let's do a quick cheers.
1: Cheers. Happy so this Valentine's. Is, um, Happy
0: Valentine's.
1: Cheers. Delicious. Now that we've got our cocktails, let's sit back and hear what some other drinks couples are planning to mix up for Valentine's Day.
3: Hello everybody, I am Margarita Sader from Paradiso and he's...
4: I'm Giacomo Giannotti from Paradiso. Hello everyone.
3: We are today here to
4: present present
3: ourselves, our love and a few cocktails that we're going to share for Valentine's. So I am Venezuelan, I've been working in hospitality for about 10 years and in these 10 years I met Giacomo working at the W Hotel he used to be the head bartender, and I was the hostess. And we met because of a cocktail. Actually, <laughs> the passion fruit martini was my favorite. And all the time I was going to work, he was preparing me one on cover and give it to me as a secret present. So that's how we start with cocktails. And we have been together already 10 years and two married.
4: Two years married, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I used to say to Margarita... When I used to give uh, the cocktail to her, it was a passion fruit martini. I was always to say, the, with the <laughs> <laughs> less fruit and more passion, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and it did help me. I'm Giacomo Giannotti, I'm Italian, I'm 33. It's uh, seven years I run my own project, It's Paradiso. And uh, after like all the life uh, in hospitality, is uh, 10 years and I'm with these beautiful ladies from Venezuela <laughs> and uh, two years we are married. Yes,
3: we are partners in crime for about <laughs> 10 years, more or less. So I would love to make uh, Giacomo a Mediterranean treasure cocktail. It's uh, I would love to dedicate this cocktail to him again because this was the cocktail of our beginnings, of our success. This was the cocktail we spent more time developing the ideas, the presentation together. It was about six months, I remember. The longest one, but I think uh, it's one of the best cocktails we have made ever. And it actually is very refreshing, like him, and (laughs) a little smoky sometimes.
4: (laughs) Eh, I have uh, have many cocktails to dedicate to Margarita, but uh, one is special. It's a variation of... um, a cocktail, we have it in Paradiso and is a punch in a bottle, but I want to make like uh, a special version for the Valentine's Day. <laughs> so we should uh, find uh, a new name. Okay. And it's, it's uh, a spicy margarita. And I wanted to create with the red color. So probably with, uh, with guava, then is a uh, Venezuelan fruit. And as I know, margarita likes spicy with a spicy uh, final touch.
5: Totally. Oh. <laughs> Hi, I'm Rosie Stimpson, and I'm the founder of Nightjar and Oriole, and also a partner in Swiftbars in London. Now, I'm married to Edmund and have uh-huh. been for well, 10 years, I
6: ten think. Years 10 years to Edmund, but together,
5: 19 years.
6: That's right, yeah, like that. yeah, 19 years together. We met back at university, back in the sort of like mid-noughties and in Dublin, and it's where we kind of formulated our dream of having cocktail bars and music venues, roughly. It took us a long time to actually realise it, but um, yeah, that's when we first had the idea.
5: We saw a great show in a really dingy place, and we thought, wow, it be great to see the show in a really nice place, and that's what, that was where the idea started. Um, yeah. But we sort of got proper jobs before then, didn't we, and then and realised that That's actually right. we should just follow the dream. And here we are still
6: yeah. with
5: four bars under our belt.
6: And we do make each other drinks quite frequently, actually. Trying to keep our eye in, because no one's going to let us behind the bar in our bars. <laughs> 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 so yeah, we, we, we like to make drinks for each other.
5: Edmund's favourite drink to start, he has lots of drinks that he likes, but his favourite drink to start a night is always a Gibson. So he likes to drink it with Tanqueray and Noily, uh, four to one. And he always likes to garnish them with um, three pearl onions.
6: That's right. Yeah. Three cocktail onions. The idea is that the first Gibson of the night should always really be consumed within three gulps. So it's one cocktail onion per gulp. That's that's how I tend to approach it.
5: So it's quite classic approach for him.
6: Yeah. And Rosie at the moment, her preference is for all things tequila. And there's a, a particularly gorgeous drink on both Swift menus, actually. I think I was the one who pushed for it to be on both menus, uh, called the Carmen. It's kind of like a, almost like even a further simplified version of a margarita. So it's, it's a, a pretty big slug of silver tequila with a, a blue corn infusion, which just rounds the edge of the tequila really beautifully. Then lime sherbet and lime juice. So there's a little bit of sweetness coming in uh, and a bit of pithiness coming in through the sherbet but it doesn't have any cloying sweetness to it. And then it's got a beautiful uh, tagine and salt cruster, sort of giving those kind of Mexican, tangy, spicy notes, which, which contrast really well with the freshness of, uh, of the tequila. And I can pretty much guarantee that that's going to get Roisin going on that. Valentine's Day. I love
5: that. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> For details of all recipes and to see their gorgeous faces, please see thecoctellovers.com.
7: Hello, this is Jana van Kleven and uh, my husband, Ram, from Bruges. We own a small bar together in the center of the town. Uh, since, uh, I think it's uh, two years uh, now. Yes. It's a bit hard to count with all the, the stuff, uh, the Corona stuff going on. But I think we've been opened uh, since two years ago. And uh, yes, uh, Ram is mostly behind the bar. I'm more on the floor, the kitchen, doing the dishes. Since we have a very small bar, we, we uh, divide the tasks and uh, everything around that. So, yeah, that's uh, what we in do.
6: <laughs> My name is Ran uh, from Baran, also in Bruges. Um, I met Jane around six years ago. We fell in love behind the stick back in the days, in the in the, in the the high days of uh, the pharmacy cocktail bar where we first met. And now, yeah, we've been together for six years. We have a small little kid and a small little bar. And the drinks that I'd love to make for her during Christmas is... Uh, during christmas, christmas. what <laughs> during valentine's is anything related with sherry very very dry sherry
7: let's be honest if if we would spend valentine's day together which we we i think uh, most people that have a bar or work in a bar they don't they have to work <laughs> <laughs> but if we would i think i would be doing the cooking and mostly ran would be making the drinks i think you would uh would make me a very nice drink since uh i'm better at the cooking he's better at making the drinks so yeah, something with cherry would would sound nice.
6: Perfect. Yeah,
7: something dry. <laughs> and what I would be making for you, I really don't have any idea because <laughs> anything you would ask me at the time, like anything you would want me to make for you, preferably um, an ice cold daiquiri. <laughs> he he would have to give me the exact recipe to make it probably because uh, <laughs> whatever. Uh, yeah.
6: Awesome.
8: Hello, lovers everywhere. My name is Philip Duff. I'm not just Elaine's husband. I'm also a spirits educator, an on-premise consultant, and I own my own liquor brand, just to put my money where my mouth is. Old Duff, Geneva.
2: So, uh, you know, in honor of Valentine's Day, uh, it is a pleasure to be able to share the story of how Philip and I met. It's a tale I think many people in the industry can tell, which is we met at Tales of the Cocktail. We met over a brand dinner that somebody else had put together in fashion for those of you who know Philip and I, uh, we got into a fight over the over the table. That's how our first just meeting happened. And it wasn't until years later, after running into each other into multiple trade shows that Philip and I started seeing each other, and he lived in a different country at the time. He lived in Holland and he started coming to America every three weeks, four or three weeks, uh, going back and forth for over two years. He proposed to me in Holland in the Efteling, which is anybody who's ever been there, which is the amusement park on 4th of July <laughs> all things.
8: And we were drinking Budweiser.
2: That's true. We were drinking Budweiser to honor that tradition. And it's also very sweet because it was then my daughter, Dylan, that was Philip had asked her before if it was okay to propose to me. And she had always said, no, she's not ready yet. And then this time she said yes. (laughs) So with her approval, we got engaged. And uh, in 2012, we got married. And so we'll be coming on 10 years this August. And Philip moved to the United States in 2012 as well. And uh, yeah, so we've been a family of three ever since then.
8: Well, the thing is, you make it sound as if we just sort of bumped into each other at trade shows. I made a very big effort to be at trade shows you were at for the next several years. Like It was quite a long way from Amsterdam to New York. It's like, oh, I'm just passing through town.
2: <laughs> that is true. He did romance me for many years trying to to get my attention. So one day I finally said yes. <laughs>
8: Well, I know what I would make you for uh, Valentine's Day, darling, but I am interested to see what you would make for me because I'm not sure what I want.
2: <laughs> I definitely know the drink of choice. So on Valentine's Day, I'll be making my husband a very nice ice-cold gin martini, a Gibson, because that is his preferred way of drinking it. So he'll be having his... He likes his four-to-one, stirred, of course, in a nice chilled uh, coupe glass with three... Little Onions on a cocktail pick. That is his definite drink of choice. And and the reason why I, it has a lot of meaning to us is, you know, something that we have is kind of a ritual here in our house is at the end of every day, you know, if we're both here, we will generally sit down. It's one of my favorite times of day. We'll sit down in the living room and have a martini together, or in, in this case, a Gibson. And, you know, just kind of Talk about the day, you know, even though we've been in the same house all day working together, it's kind of our way to kind of unwind. And it's our one of my favorite parts of the day because it's our own little moment that we have every single day. So something special we've been doing for quite some time.
8: All right. Now I want now I want the martini now. So <laughs> when uh, Gary and Sandre told us how it would be, I didn't have to hesitate to know what I would make Elaine because a lot of people will know her for work that she's done. With whiskey brands, and she certainly likes drinking whiskey and stuff she does with rum brands, such as Copaly. But in her heart of hearts, she adores tequila on a level that few people can match. And in fact, I promise I only just <laughs> so <true>. remember this. <laughs> it was Don Julio tequila that brought us together. Because that dinner, that lavish dinner at Commander's Palace where we first met, was actually a Don Julio brand dinner. So... Something uh, I think you'd be very, very into, darling, is one of your favourites, a Rosita. So essentially the uh, tequila Negroni with both sweet and dry vermouth. It's also a very easy recipe to remember. I once knew hundreds of recipes. Now I think I know about three. So I could certainly put together a Rosita for you on Sunday and toast uh, 10 years of being married. Whoa. (laughs) I'm glad you reminded me of that. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it is very true that was one of my favorite drinks it was actually introduced to me by Don Lee so uh, and tequila is definitely my passion so uh, not many people know so thank you darling that sounds delicious
9: Hello. Hi. Uh, hello. Nice to be part of this. It's really exciting. Yeah,
10: thank you ever so much.
9: Yeah. Um, so my name is Dino Moncrief. I am the co-owner and co-founder of Agaveria. Agavarias. We have two venues now and I'm sitting beside my lovely life partner. And
10: business partner. And
9: business partner.
10: And <laughs> um, I'm Emma Murphy and I'm also the co-owner and co-founder of Aksha agavarias and more recently miramargarita limited oh
9: yeah i forgot to say Come that one we've
10: got that now too yeah
9: so i guess we're going to be talking a little bit about how we met can you remember how we met when we met i mean obviously <laughs> it was a...
10: um i can't, i actually can't remember the very first time i, I met can. you the very first time the
9: very first time i can remember is that right yeah
10: oh okay well, I don't. don't
9: <laughs> this isn't <laughs> going well. <laughs> this is not going well, is it?
10: I do remember working with you though on London Cocktail Week many, many moons ago before long before we were ever yeah. A couple and we uh, you were on Don Julio and Diageo Reserve were our biggest partner on London Cocktail Week at that time. So there was a sort of distant working relationship yes. for quite a long time.
9: Quite a few years, yeah. Yeah. And then we have to thank the lovely Justin, don't we, Justin Smythe.
10: That's right. Yeah. Because
9: it was his birthday party that we um, we ended up hooking up. Uh, <laughs> um, and we were. At, do you remember where we were?
10: And um, that basement bar. And then we went to what Devil's Darling. Bar, like, I don't know just, what it's called. I <laughs>
9: just say basement bar.
10: I actually don't remember what it's called, but I do know it was a rum event. Yeah. that we went to for Justin Smith's well, birthday. Just and think- I don't know what the bar was called, but it was a takeover. It was a takeover in that basement bar. We're really terrible at this, sorry. <laughs> but we did, what I do remember is that following the it was, takeover do you remember where event, it was? we went on to Devil's Darling.
9: Yeah, it was in Shoreditch. It the, was in the Shoreditch, bar, yeah. yeah. It was on the corner of um, uh, Old Street. So, right, yeah,
10: so. so we re-met after a prolonged period when you had injured your back after your car accident, and yep. you'd been missing for kind of eighteen months, and yeah, we re-met at crutches, Justin yeah. Smiles' birthday, and then the rest is history. Mm, yeah, and that was almost five years ago.
9: So that was how we met. That's and um, we've had many wonderful years uh, together since then. And then, obviously, we didn't realise that we were going to become business partners, but that developed and turned into be a really great thing which
10: has been three years now it's
9: been three years so yeah. now let's think about what cocktail we're going to make for valentine's day well i've got mine it's really simple so i'm going to make you i know I've you lo- mine too. i know you like negronis and i know you like mescal mm-hmm. so it would have to be a pink mescal negroni oh ah,
10: okay mm-hmm. that's
9: nice yeah i yeah. do like that one yeah yeah we've got that
10: on the menu as well so we do yeah <laughs> on the menu at <laughs> Delicious. Oh, thank you. And for you? Um, I would make you an old-fashioned with Don Julio
9: 1942. Oh. Because I know
10: that's your absolute favourite.
9: Oh, that's a very good choice. It's a really
10: good one, isn't it? That would be
9: really spoiling me as well.
10: Yeah, it's a treat.
9: That is great. Mm. Good, good, good. So, yeah, I think then I think we, we would probably, would we share the drinks? Would we have a little bit of a share? I mean, I wouldn't experience?
10: mind having an old-fashioned with Don Helio 1942 little, as well, to be honest. A
9: little sip, yeah. a little sip each. Yeah. yeah, yeah that could be great. So, yeah, that's, that's what we would do for each other.
10: Yeah, absolutely. Cheers.
0: It's all go here at Cocktail Towers. As well as this podcast, we've got a brand new issue of the Cocktail Lovers magazine coming your way in April. For details of how to subscribe, please visit our website, thecocktaillovers.com. Adam Handling is one of the most revered chefs in the UK. His innate creativity, combined with a genuine passion for shining a light on top quality seasonal British ingredients, have earned him numerous awards, including Scottish Chef of the Year, British Culinary Federation's Chef of the Year, Chef of the Year in the Food and Travel Awards, and Restaurateur of the Year in the British GQ Food and Drink Awards. He's also the youngest person to be listed on the Caterers' 30 Under 30 to watch in the Acorn Awards. And there's plenty more where they came from. What's all the fuss about? We put it down to his winning ways with flavour and theatrical presentation, which he's continued to elevate since starting his career at Glen Eagles at 16 as its first apprentice chef and going on to become Fairmont's youngest ever chef at the age of 22. But it's at his own venues that Adam has really shown the world what he's about with food, drink, art and music sharing equal billing across his much-lauded portfolio. Adam opened his first restaurant, the Frog E1, in 2016 to great acclaim and has continued to dazzle foodies and London's restaurant scene ever since. These days, the Adam Handling Restaurant Group takes in The Lock and the Tyne, a gorgeous restaurant pub and rooms in Old Windsor, and his latest opening, Ugly Butterfly, a beautiful restaurant based in St. Ives, both championing sustainability at the heart of everything they do. The same can be said of the award-winning restaurant Frog by Adam Handling and its flagship cocktail bar Eve, which he opened in 2017 with as much care, creativity and attention lavished on the food and drinks in both operations. He's the ideal person to talk to about perfect pairings for Valentine's Day, and we're delighted and honoured to have him on board. Adam, welcome to the Cocktail Lovers podcast.
11: Thank you very much. That was some intro, I have to admit. That's the best I've ever heard. Thank you very much.
1: (laughs) Here to please, here to please. So Adam, as an award-winning chef called Adam... With a dedicated cocktail bar called Eve, we couldn't think of a better person to talk to about food and cocktail pairings. But before we get to the nitty gritty, can you talk us through the bar and tell listeners what they can expect when they visit?
11: So Eve Bar has just actually had a refurb. I I shut it down uh, at the beginning of the year and and I wanted to give it a little bit of a walk of life because it's always about temptation and that real temptation to throw something away and i wanted to glam this up because my restaurant group is built on you know food waste and 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 understanding the whole product and everything including our bars so eve for me being the first in the group is the one that has a lot more of my heart inside of it it's about utilizing really incredible flavors inside of the bar utilizing the byproducts of a kitchen that is right upstairs and having that linked together to be able to do something really quite special in a very dark, in a very cozy, lots of velvet, white marble, lots of cuddle kind of environments. I basically built the bar for what I want to experience. Uh, and, and Eve is what it is. Fantastic. We've also
1: heard that you've launched the first NFT menu. Is that right?
11: Yeah, well, I think that's about to be about to be launched. Um, yeah, it's uh, that one's a new one for me in terms of I was a little bit confused at how that works. But uh Yeah, I've seen the pictures. I've seen the setup. It's looking really cool. But in terms of tech, I'm not the most high. I'm I'm not the smartest person of tech. I'm the guy in the kitchen that's got a knife and a pot rather than a laptop. (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) We're with you on that.
0: So when it when it comes to food and drinking pairings, rightly or wrongly, people always think of wine. But it'd be interesting to hear your thoughts on food and cocktail pairings and uh, maybe if you could share some tips on how people could go about approaching this sort of pair this particular kind of pairing
11: well i think doing a cocktail pairing and a wine pairing it's the same principle really you have you, your mouth has five taste sensations and it's about which one do you either want to work with or work against? And if you work against, meaning something that's sweet going with sour, or do you want something that's sweet that goes with buttery? And it kind of, it's, it's, it's exactly the same sort of principle. A little bit more fun with cocktails because the, the variation of the base spirits in terms of what can be created. But I love to do a pairing based on what you're eating and the byproduct of that. And I think if we can, you know, do shrubs, do distills, do um, infusions with with nature, it just elevates drinks to make them a little bit more grown up, perhaps.
1: Yeah, and great tasting and exciting as well, which is fantastic. Um, Can you tell us about some of your favourite pairings on your menus and the ones maybe that you enjoy at home as well and tell us why?
11: Well, my favorite cocktail of all times is a Manhattan. Mm. I, I, or, or, oh, or we totally agree with that. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I think I think that drink kind of has everything um, that that you kind of want. But stuff with pairing wise, and bear in mind, we want to try and make things as British as possible in terms of the ingredients we use, not the spirits, but the ingredients we use at all. To start off with, like a we do, we do this take on a dirty martini, but we utilize oysters again, a very classical to, to do. Uh, alcohol and oysters together but we infuse the shells so obviously they're clean they're sterilized, we cook them all first and then we infuse them in vodka and we make a kind of a salinity fresh seafood of martini at the beginning and when you're thinking about it it's a bit like well does that sound appetizing it really i'm not wording it correctly but the salinity flavors of the sea and oyster in terms of a dirty martini when you have the brininess of the olive it works incredibly well and uh, we start it this way while sitting on a beach in our in our actual ugly butterfly bar and it's about that nature right in front of you inside here i think is amazing but stuff like that works well
1: and would you pair that with oysters as well, or what would you what would you have it with as a food pairing?
11: So we start that as with our snacks. So instead of where we would normally do champagne with it, and we say snacks, not canapes, because I'm British, and it's all about really honing in on what we can do in this wonderful, wonderful country. Yeah. So it's a six it's a six bite kind of well, it's it's cool. It's it's six different bites: one sweet, one savory, one's bitter, one zuwami one's textured, and they're all they, they all work super well with the The cleanliness of that specific cocktail, three different, uh, six different flavors, going with something that's very clean, and will start to wake up your mouth. And who doesn't like starting anything with a martini?
1: Absolutely.
11: (laughs) (laughs) And also, uh, Sandra mentioned about at home because obviously, there's you know,
0: it's a very different environment. What about if you, you know, the kind of things you might personally enjoy
11: at home if you were pairing? Cocktail-wise, I'm quite lucky. We have our home delivery bottled cocktails, so my fridge is full of them. Uh, But things like an old-fashioned done with fig leaves or meadow sweet, something where it's a little bit more warming and a little bit more cuddly inside of your house. Doing a full tasting menu at home, I would never really cook that way because... I do it every day. So I I would usually pick one or two cocktails and really just enjoy that throughout the night with my dinner. But a a nice old fashioned is delicious.
1: And you'd have that with anything, would you say? Because a lot of people think of old fashions as coming at the end of a meal, but you can start your meal with it and also enjoy it with your meal, would you say? Oh, for sure.
11: For sure. Yeah. the, The You can add different bitters to it. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think uh, an old fashioned is, is is great. You can add it smoky and just, uh, you know, have it with a nice steak um, or even just a barbecued lobster. Mm. Uh, you know, so I know that sounds very quite posh, but uh, yeah, you can have it with grilled fish that sort of stuff and it works super well
1: and actually those are lovely the two things that you mentioned there steak and lobster perfect for valentine's day because we're thinking cocktails and food for lovers here and we want to make it low maintenance but actually great tasting so coming from you chef adam that's top tips for everybody
11: but you yeah, know i agree lobster and steak is probably the most romantic thing i would do for valentine's day as well you almost preempted one one of the things we were going to ask you, but
0: maybe you, we could get you to elaborate a little bit. So, okay, so we're setting the scene. We're one of us is at home with our significant other, and we want to do a nice kind of pairing menu. A, maybe a nice kind of little starter, or as you said, some snacks. Maybe some sort of simple, maybe even picnic-style main course and a sexy pudding. Could you give us a few sort of insights on the kind of things we could maybe make easily at home and what you might suggest pairing cocktail wise with each
11: of those three courses? So if I if I'm going to do a sharing main course it will always be a big piece of meat with with a salad and lots of little wonderful things. But I'll give you a little tip of how to cook it because a lot of people get a little bit scared about cooking big cuts of meat and the house not smelling like it's.
1: Thank you. We need you to rescue. I've yeah, we'll <laughs> set
11: off the smoke <laughs> alarm on more than one occasion. <laughs> so right there, I never pan fry my meat at all, and it sounds really quite bizarre. Like, why do you what you need it for the caramelization, the color? No, no. I set my oven to eighty degrees or the lowest it can go, so between 80 and 100, depending on the oven you've got. I have like a, a 550 or a 750 gram ribeye, because I like the fat in the middle. I season it up and then I, I open the oven and you know the, the, the grill marks, so that the shelves of the oven, put it straight onto that and put a tray underneath to catch the, to catch the juices. Now, when you're doing it that way, it naturally caramelizes around the outside incredibly well, but it also means that if you're running late, or you, um, you're you not quite concentrating as much because it's Valentine's Day and you might, <laughs> you know, get a little bit distracted. You can cook it for longer and it won't overcook, other than pan frying it and putting it into a really hot oven where if you don't take it out at the right time, you've overcooked it straight away. So because you're doing it super slowly, it doesn't need to rest because it's, 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 a, it's a low temperature oven, and you can carve it and it's amazing. So I would always suggest that's how you cook. A piece of meat at home where you don't need to concentrate, and also because you haven't pan-fried it, your house doesn't smell. Wow, that's
1: amazing! Thank I'm you. I'm feeling so, so hungry.
11: <laughs> <laughs> so, in, ter- in terms of how I would work in my house, mm. I, um, I would always, I would always eat cheese, either before or after. Um, you know, a, a baked vacheran with roast potatoes for me is, is the thing that I would always eat. I do two, three times a week in my house, so I would have that as a starter. And I know it's like, it's like a cheesy fondue. Mm. You can make it quite romantic as well. Then I would have it, that nice bit of steak. And then I would have something definitely chocolatey towards the end. How I would pair it is, I would always have my, my my old fashioned somewhere and old for whiskey and cheese is really, really good. So you can play around with whiskies or bourbons. You can add some smoke to it. You know, you could, there's a lot, lot more things to do it. You can add a little bit more orange bitters, perhaps depending on the cheese you, you're getting. Cheese is a great little uh, tool to play with different types of bourbons or whiskies For my main course, and I'm Scottish, so I am a bourbon, I am a whiskey kind of man. (laughs) uh, Big time, big time. But if I'm having having a main course-wise and we're doing another cocktail one, with me, I would either go down the big route of stay towards like a, a Manhattan or a Sazerac way, or I would pull it right back and have something a little acidic. So even if I'm going to be having a gin spritz or something, because obviously ribeye is fatty, you know, everything inside of there. And I want to freshen up, ready to go because I'm about to have something really sexy for dessert chocolate indulgent. So I would have something, I would have something acidic so that I, c- I can wake up and it's fresh and it just, it's all about that fattiness of the meat. If I'm having a dessert, I'm a big espresso espresso man, a big coffee man, so I'll have a coffee cocktail but i, I would I would grate white chocolate over the top. so if I'm doing an espresso martini and I'll just grate a little bit of white chocolate over the top because i like I like the sweetness uh, towards the end, that with anything delicious. Also, we're doing an espresso martini. Do you know the little syrups that you add to coffee? Mm. Just yeah. add a little a little bit of the uh the, the sol- either a salted caramel one or or uh just a a caramel syrup, the ones that you add to coffee, the one that you know you can get them in costas or wherever, like that. Add some of that when you're shaking it up, then grate your white chocolate over the top, and it's like a little cuddly dessert. It's <laughs> delicious
1: i love it i love this menu that you've created that's on our menu gary definitely <laughs> right that's what i think we'll i'm gonna have i think i'm gonna have that
11: valentine's day actually that sounds very good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and lastly what's your favorite cocktail to share with your partner or to make for your partner
11: yeah well the, uh, it's it's an espresso martini uh I, I, purely for the fact is uh, my partner does not like whiskey at all um or bourbon and and my heart lies to that, that is my favorite ba- my favorite <laughs> spirit so at the end and she has a very sweet tooth as well so that she was the reason why we put the white chocolate and the uh and the, the caramel, caramel syrup in there as well <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: for sure. that's amazing thank you so so much as we said it wasn't going to take up too much of your time but your tips have been absolutely invaluable.
11: So, so yes, much. Yes.
1: Yes, thank you. Particularly for the steak tip as well.
11: <laughs> try it. Try it. Your house will not your house will not smell of fried fried meat, uh, which is wonderful and you won't set your fire alarm off either.
1: <laughs> Thanks Adam and happy valentines to you.
11: Happy valentines day. Thank you so much.
1: We hope you've been enjoying the Cocktail Lovers podcast. If so, please look out for season three, which kicks off on the 24th of this month.